0: This program is brought to you by Brining Institute which has provided higher education, training, testing, and certification for addiction professionals since 1986. And let's just refresh this for a second on this the reason three. Carol Gilligan's research indicates that women think about the possible negative consequences to all persons involved and negative consequences to the harasser may not be consequential. Since many people feel they have no choice but about where they work, they find it necessary to put up with a situation that w- they feel they cannot change. Sound like something we just talked about? What can't be cured must be endured. Sound like something we talked about at the break? Is, is too often the case with victims of sexual harassment. I would l- ask you to think now about whether or not I was a victim in that cir- set of circumstances. You see now why that's so important. Okay? Frequently asked questions. Sexual harassment is any kind of sexual behavior that is unwelcome and or inappropriate for the workplace. Sexual harassment can be embraced Em- embrace verbal harassment, derogatory comments or dirty jokes, under the right circumstances. Notice how they put that little plug in there? Okay. Visual harassment, derogatory or embarrassing posters, cartoons, drawings, physical harassment, and sexual behaviors, sexual advances, confrontation, confrontation with sexual demands. Think about all of that because a lot of that for most of us is not that big a deal. We have, through our upbringing and through other cultures that we live in, and even the neighborhood or the or where where we live, a lot of this doesn't seem that significant or that powerful. How many people don't have posters? Think about that. What automobile shop have you ever been in doesn't have a poster? Now we're going to go close all the automobile shops because they got pinups in their in their locker room? Of course not. But those are things that we need to think about because when you start to look at the broad scope of this whole thing, we can live very comfortably and very nicely in a very narrow space in the middle. Okay? That's the middle is what we're looking for. So that there's least amount of chaos, least amount of drama, and least amount of impact. Okay? For some circumstances and for some people, those posters may have tremendous impact, and for others they don't. So where do I fit? And how do I go about my daily activities without creating chaos or drama? If we can continue to do that type of behavior, we're never gonna have any problems. Okay? Sexual harassment is defined as unwelcome sexual advances or conduct. Sexual harassment also includes animosity that is gender-based, and a sexually charged work environment. In the workplace, sexual harassment can come from the owner, supervisor, manager, lead person, foreperson, co-worker, and or the customer. However, sometimes sexual harassment does not restrict itself to the workplace. Sexual harassment can come in many forms. Sexual harassment can also be found in schools, and I think we all know that, right? that tail hook thing comes into my mind right off the bat because you're talking about 80 some odd women who were abused one form or fashion and it created... think of the money spent on that deal and that's your money. That's taxpayers money. So that's, it's an incredible thing. No sexual harassment is not legal both under federal and California law. Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 strictly prohibits sexual harassment. Title VII classifies sexual harassment claims into two categories and you need to remember these quid pro quo and hostile work environment because we're going to talk quite a bit about the hostile work environment as it pertains to this. Title VII applies to any company with more than 15 employees when it comes to sexual harassment. Now how did they ever come to that number? Think about that. You have to have 15 or more employees for the law to be uh, effective. It doesn't make sense. A company with more than 15 employees when it comes to sexual harassment. The company must be in an industry affecting interstate commerce. What? Huh? In California, sexual harassment and other discriminatory conduct is prohibited by the Fair Employment and Housing Act. The statute is located in California Government Code Section 12940. With respect to claims of sexual harassment, the FEHA applies to employers who employ more than one person. This is a perfect example of the state being much more proactive because in federal government, you guys, in all the regulations and all the laws, it's the bare minimum You have to keep that in mind. It's the bare minimum. The state says that minimum isn't good enough for us. We want everybody to be protected, not just 15 or more, okay? Which is a wonderful thing, actually. Quid pro quo, sexual harassment takes place when a supervisor or someone with authority over your job demands sexual favors from you in exchange for his or her assistance in promoting, hiring, or retaining you. The demand, sound familiar from a little conversation we had at the break? The demand for sexual favors can be expressed e.g., if you go to bed with me, I will make sure you keep your job or get a raise. Or, it can be implied from unwelcome physical conduct such as touching, grabbing, or fondling. Now, you think about this touching and grabbing thing, In your own personal experiences, how many times have you, as your boss, put their arm around you? And did you feel uncomfortable or not? Because that's the key. That's the key. He or she, in that power position, may not think anything of it and may actually assume that you are okay with it. That doesn't make it right. And I'm not here to tell you that we should hammer everybody that hugs people. I don't mean that. I'm asking you to think about this because it really boils down to a personal perspective. Your personal perspective is what drives all this language. It's not what's perceived. It's your personal perspective. Now, when we get into the witness thing, it's a whole other game. It's a whole other game. What must I uh, prove to prevail in a cause of action for quid pro pro quo sexual harassment? Understand this. You must show that an individual explicitly or implicitly conditioned a job, a job benefit, or the absence of a job detriment on an employee's acceptance of sexual (laughs) conduct. That's why I talked about your perception. What you see, what you feel, and what you believe to be accountable is what drives the whole law. Okay? Except for the witnesses, and we'll get to that. Because it really depends on what they think they see. How can I prove that sexual conduct was unwelcome? You may show that the conduct was unwelcome, for example, by showing emotional distress, deteriorating job performance, you avoid the harasser, you told friends or family of the harassment, you told the harassment or the harasser or other company representatives of the harassment and or absence of evidence showing conduct was welcomed or encouraged. How many of you have felt very uncomfortable and smiled? You see the point I'm making? You understand the point? How many of you were in a position where your superior uh, quote-unquote had their arm around you walking you out to the car or breaking for lunch or whatever and you were really uncomfortable but you just smiled. I can't imagine anybody in this room not having had gone through that one time. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. So those are things that you need to keep in mind. Okay? What are the remedies? The law provides that you may recover damages from your per- employer once you have proved, key word, proved, that you were deprived of a job benefit because you refused to comply with your supervisor's sexual demand. I'm thinking that's very difficult to prove. I mean, this language to me gives everybody an out because how in the world, if nobody else witnessed it, are you going to prove it? that the distress was such that it kept you from going to work. See? Tough place. Before you can recover from your employer you must demonstrate that the harasser is someone with authority who can affect your employment opportunities. You may also have to prove that the sexual conduct was unwelcome. Now, the reason I said something about feeling uncomfortable and smiling, even if a witness saw you guys walking out to the car How do they know you're uncomfortable if you got a big old smile on your face? It also, it actually gives the impression that it was comfortable and may even have been invited. And it could be the furthest thing from the truth. But from that third-person perspective, you remember earlier this morning I said to kind of look at things from standing outside the window and looking in on something What would that look like if if your boss had his arm around a new employee and they were walking out to the car and she was just smiling or he was just smiling away. Would you think that that was uncomfortable? Probably not. Unless you probably explain it to her. Who can be held responsible if I am the victim of sexual harassment at work? Both the employer and employees are liable for sexual harassment. That means the perpetrator, if you will. That's kind of an odd way to put it. But the person involved and the company, both, are responsible. Recently, several state courts and California's Fair Employment and Housing Commission have also held customers of an employer personally liable for sexual harassing conduct. Employers could also be liable for the sexual harassing conduct of their customers under the current standard. One California appellate court has held that sexually harassing conduct directed towards certain employees may be sufficient to fix liability to another employee who is not the direct victim of that conduct. Remember what I talked about about being a witness? Okay? Your coworker who is sitting at the desk near you and can hear the harassing person talking to you. That means you have the right to be compensated for being put into a situation of having to see or hear it. Okay. If the demand for sexual favors is made by a co-worker with no power to affect your employment opportunities, you cannot claim quid cro- uh, pro quo. However, you can claim hostile work environment and an employer may be held liable for the conduct of its employee if the employer knew or should have known of the employee's conduct and failed to take prompt remedial action to stop the harassment. Think about that little story at the break. Think about that. Was I a victim? And was the rest of my staff a victim? More than likely. And so if that was a proven circumstance was I, uh, were funds or or support available to me what do you think by the law probably had i pursued it had i pursued it. okay <clears throat> if i'm being sexually harassed by a coworker at my job should i report the harassment to my supervisor and or to management. Yes, you should report the harassment to your supervisor and or management as soon as possible. This will enable your employer to have notice of sexual harassment and take the appropriate remedial action necessary to stop the harassment. That didn't work with me. I went above, didn't do any good. The complaint preferably should be made in writing and you should keep a copy of the complaint for your own records. In the complaint you should specifically state facts involving the sexual harassment and the effect the sexual harassment is having on your ability to perform your job. The reason I like the way this is written is very simple. Most of the time when people want to uh, bring about this type of behavior and, and report it, they are focused on the behavior, right? And it almost sounds like a whining Employee. Nobody ever stops to think about explaining the impact. In other words, what, what it's doing to me. You need to keep that in mind because without that, it's very difficult to do anything about it. What is hostile work? As an employee, you have a right to work in an environment that is free of discrimination, intimidation, insult, and ridicule you have a potential claim for hostile work environment if the sexual harassment unreasonably interferes with your work performance or creates an offensive or intimidating work environment. Think back on the, on the conversation, but also more importantly, think back about your own personal circumstances. Think about what you felt like, think, if, if it occurred, and think about the impact that it may have had. Okay. In order to have a claim for hostile work environment you must be able to prove that there was more than a single incident of harassment and you may have also have to show that the sexual conduct was unwelcomed. Think back about the comment about walking out to the car at lunch. How in the world would you prove that that was uncomfortable if all the eyes on you saw a smiling inviting face and too far away to hear. Okay? What, what must I show in order to recover damages for a hostile working uh, environment? In order to recover damage you must show that the unwelcome sexual conduct was so severe and pervasive that it altered your conditions of employment by creating a psychologically abusive work environment. The employer may be held liable if he or she knew or should have known of the harassment and failed to take any prompt remedial steps to stop the harassment. A good example of this would be a couple of different staff over a period of time making a comment to their supervisor. Man, so-and-so is really getting on my nerves. Without that kind of stuff, there has to be some sort of background. And, and it's really necessary. The, the wonderful part about all this, you guys, is really that the people that are working in our industry today are doing, and I want to say this in general and for the most part, there's always a bad apple somewhere. But everybody is really looking to make this thing real. And it's not about something, whistleblowing and that type of thing. But it's about each one of us our own personal beliefs and behavior. If you're a decent human being, you never worry about this at all. But you have to de- decide what a decent human being looks like. You see? The employer may be held liable if he or she, or should have known, of the harassment and failed to take any prompt remedial steps to stop the harassment. How can I prove, or, or how can I prove that the harassing conduct was severe or pervasive enough to alter the working conditions and create an abusive environment? Think back about the conversation. Think back about your own personal circumstances. You must be able to meet both an objective and a subjective standard. The objective standard is that a reasonable person in your position would have considered the conduct severe or pervasive. If you are a female plaintiff, then the fact finder uses the reasonable woman standard. What the hell is that? Huh? Well, here just a good example. The two comments on the comment that I made. Which one's the standard? It was a compliment and it was offensive. How, where's the stand? What's a women's standard? I think that boils back down to this idea of being a decent human being. Because I think decent human beings are middle of the road. And whatever that is, it's not severe and it may not cause chaos and it can be accomplished. That's to me uh, a nice road marker. If you are a male plaintiff, the fact finder uses the reasonable male standard. What is that? Male standard. If the cases require it, the fact finder also considers the plaintiff's other fundamental traits, i.e., their race, their age, their physical or mental disabilities, and a sexual orientation. All things considered, okay, is the parameter. Under subjective standard, the plaintiff must have actually found the conduct sufficiently severe or pervasive to interfere with the work environment. What is that saying? That's saying if it's bothering me and I can't concentrate on the the duties at hand or what's on my desk, I need to figure something out. That's what it's saying. That's the kind of the 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 gauge, if you will. If it's bugging you, something's up. If you can take care of it and be done with it, you'll be much better off. What types of damage can I recover if I am successful in demonstrating? depending on the legal remedies you seek you may stop the harassment, recover lost wages and other job related losses, uh, promotions, favorable work status, (coughs) obtain compensation for personal injury, physical, mental, and emotional, obtain punitive damages against the harasser and or the company. Remember earlier I mentioned about this being uh, starting to take um, companies, corporations, and programs are taking a much more serious look at this because their bottom line is impacted if it goes so far. They're not going to have that. Nobody's job and nobody's ability is that valuable if it's costing them money to keep you. Okay, And or company recover attorneys fees and costs and make reforms within the company or entity held liable for sexual harassment. I would think the greatest Uh, contribution would be to have the corporation change their policy and procedure to benefit circumstances like this. You've made a difference. If that's all that comes out of it is that the company you work for recognizes what you're talking about and develops a policy and procedure to protect against it, man, you've, you've hit a home run. You've done a wonderful thing. The key to that is, on a personal level, can I be okay with that and is that sufficient for me to move on? My hope is, if you get caught in a circumstance like this, that that's enough. Because now I have to take in mind that if I'm pursuing it for money, what is really my motive? And how bad was it really? All that stuff starts to play, okay? Uh, Am I entitled to punitive damages under the Fair Employment and Housing Act? Yes, you are. You are entitled to punitive damages under the FEHA. The employer is liable for punitive damages if the employer employed the harassing individual with knowledge of his or her unfitness for the position and in conscious disregard of the rights or safety of others, authorized or ratified the the wrongful conduct who is subject to California Fair Employment. Sex-based harassment of an employee or applicant is unlawful if committed by, and this is the whole circle, employer, labor organization, employment agency, apprenticeship programs, or any program leading to employment, or any other person. How can a company minimize the number of sexual harassment claims? A company can minimize these number of sexual harassment claims by drafting and publicizing an anti-sexual harassment policy, implementing a procedure for employees to follow if they feel they have been the victim of sexual harassment and conducting company-wide sexual harassment prevention trainings. Number two to me is the most important. Okay? Implementing a procedure for employees to follow if we have that in policies and procedures, and I said that earlier this morning, we're more likely to follow it. If it's written, it's part of our handbook, and we have signed something that says I read it, we're more likely, at least most people, unless you're actually a psychopath, are more likely to take that into consideration when circumstances are, come about. Right? When you find yourself in that set of circumstances, we're more likely than to pay attention to it if we have it as a policy. okay. Once I inform my employer about the sexual harassment, what must my employer do? Once the employer knows or should know about the harassment, he or she has the duty to take immediate and appropriate corrective action to end the harassment. The employer's response must be reasonably calculated to end the harassment and if earlier discipline did not end the harassment, more severe discipline is required. There is usually what? In, in, as far as con, uh, uh, discipline, most policies and procedures, most companies and most organizations that we deal with have what? Step discipline, right? The first one may be a conversation, second one may be a day off, you know that kind of thing. That's the important part. How much time? Under federal law, Title VII, you must file a complaint with the EEOC or Equal Employment Opportunities Commission within 300 days after the unlawful act. So you've got 10 months. Okay? Under California law, you must file a complaint with the Department of Fair Employment within one year of the alleged unlawful conduct. This time period may be extended up to 90 days if knowledgeable is if knowledge is required, or acquired after one year, that's the government code 12960, which is a partner to 12940 we talked about earlier. Do I have to file administrative charges? Yes, an employee must file an administrative charge as a prerequisite to filing a civil lawsuit under Title Seven, and under certain state fair employment practices statutes. Title Seven specifically provides for the initial referral of the charges to state and local agencies as a prerequisite to the charging party filing suit in state court. Am I forced to resign from my job? Because of the ongoing sexual harassment, can I be considered to have constructively terminated? In order to be considered to have been constructively terminated, you have to meet the Turner v. Anheuser-Busch constructive termination standard, which provides The employer either intentionally created or knowingly permitted intolerable or aggravated work conditions. A reasonable person would have felt compelled to resign in light of the employer's treatment. And a reasonable employer would have realized that the conditions were so intolerable that a reasonable person in the employee's position would be compelled to resign. Boundaries. Prevention is the best tool to eliminate sexual harassment in the workplace both employers and employees must set boundaries. Employers are encouraged to clearly communicate to employees that sexual harassment will not be tolerated. In the programs that you're all involved with now is that clear? And I'm not asking you to tell on your programs, I'm asking you to think we're okay or not. Because if you're not, then I would suggest that you kind of bring that up in your next staff meeting that this feels like a a hole in what we're doing and I'd hate for us to get into any trouble that kind of thing provide sexual harassment prevention training does everybody get training once a year yeah. does the do your do your programs ask you ask that of you or do you do it for your certification either way you're getting it right. I know one thing I will tell you That this one has become much more popular in the last three or four, about the last four years, as far as calls for us to bring this training out to programs, more so than it ever has been in the past. So somebody's aware. I mean, it's getting clear that it's necessary. Establish an effective complaint or grievance process. Take immediate and appropriate action when an employee complains. Employees are encouraged to set the following personal boundaries for themselves to avoid any of the following sexual harassment behavior. One, leering, wolf whistles, hooting, lip smacking, animal noises, discussion of one partner's sexual inadequacies. sexual. And you know what I found out? Now, you guys might throw rocks at me for this, but I have found women to, to be more about that one particular thing than men. Is that true? Is that true? That women talk more about sexual inadequacies than men do? That's just a point for you to think about. Comments about women, because the mention of the their uh, portable that they all worked in, group of women and what they talk about. Comments about uh, men or women's bodies accidentally brushing sexual parts Pressing or rubbing up against the victim or unwelcome touching and hugging. That sounds like you, right? Lewd and threatening letters, tales of sexual exploitation, pressure for dates, sexually explicit gestures, sexual sneak attacks. If we're not doing any of these behaviors, more than likely we'll be okay. It's basically all I saying. Decent human being. Uh, Sabotaging women's work, Sexist and insulting graffiti or displaying pornogra- pornography in the workplace, demanding, "Hey, baby, give me a smile," inappropriate invitations, sexist jokes and cartoons this is a, this one it does a day go by that there isn't something of that nature in most of our workplaces? Just the jokes just uh, look at the look what we do in email. How many of us are not guilty of that type of a joke being passed on to some of our coworkers. I think everybody does it from time to time. Now, is it appropriate? Probably not. Uh, hostile put downs of women and men or public humiliation, exaggerated mocking courtesy, obscene phone calls, insisting that workers wear revealing clothes. That one always strikes me of the flight attendants. What, how did the flight attendants dress in the 60s and 70s? Huh? And was, were there any men attendants at that time? Absolutely not. And I remember a, a song or, or something uh, when I was really little that said uh, the airline attendants would say coffee, tea, or me. Right? So I guess I'm dating myself there. Huh? Sexual assault leaning over invading a person's space this one's real tough you guys the the idea of do we all know what what a, a person's personal space is? what would you suggest it to be arm's length that's fair and reasonable right How many of us oftentimes invade that personal space particularly with our clients? think about it you know and it's and it's probably nothing intended by it but it does occur and we never know what that person's going to what it's going to make them feel like. So we really need to pay attention to that because we don't know unless they tell us. Leaning over invading the space, indecent exposure. That's a tough one, huh? Employees can also avoid participation in sexual harassment by identifying it as such when they observe a comment or a gesture. Reporting inappropriate behavior to a supervisor. Refusing to participate. I like this one the best. Because if we all begin to refuse to participate and even just the hijinks around a, our, our employment, it will get better. It will change. If, if there's nobody participating, how far is it going to go? Right? And we really need to be observant and, and and be knowledgeable around those kinds of things because you mentioned it about the, your module where you all work together. If we don't participate in the conversations They won't occur, they'll die, okay?